0: There is a transition that so many riders find themselves faced with before they ever consider how they're actually going to ride it. And that is the transition from canter to trot. So much emphasis placed on getting into the canter and so little on getting out of it. Hi there, my name is Orna Leeson and welcome to the Daily Strides podcast, the podcast for equestrians all over the world, helping you have better conversations with your horse each and every week and this week we are talking about a topic that honestly it seems like the world and its mother is busy practicing and that is transitions out of the canter you see what i've seen is so many people tend to focus on how they're getting into the canter and all the goodness that happens there and they they spend years really trying to perfect it and get it right and that's great and and that should obviously be a big focus of writing But you know, every time you get into the canter, you're inevitably faced with the next question and the next challenge, which is ah, getting back out of it. And that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about how you can begin really effectively begin, I suppose, working on improving your technique in getting out of the canter, I'm gonna talk specifically about canter to trot today, although you can also go canter to walk. I'm gonna suggest not doing that just yet. Go a canter to trot. But I wanna talk about how you can effectively begin working on this before you actually go into the canter, okay? So it's when you do actually transition into the canter and when you do begin kind of seeing okay i'm gonna have to now work on getting back out of the canter back down to the trot again you can actually have a couple of things in place to make it all the more smooth for you and your horse and that's a key word here smooth because i see so many riders when they are riding the transition from the canter to the trot oh holy moly (laughs) there's an awful lot of bouncing going on there and I think that the bouncing is really uncomfortable for both the rider and the horse and the bouncing is something that I feel does not have to be there okay now I think their bouncing occurs for well it occurs for a couple of reasons but there's two big ones there's two biggies that I want to talk about and the first one is the fact that the riders are just not supple enough and this is showing up because When you are in the trot before the canter, very often the trot is not the world's greatest trot that you could ride at that given time, okay? And I feel that so many riders, they are not paying attention to the quality of the trot, okay? Now... What tends to happen is as soon as you get into the canter, there's just more energy. There's like this abundance of energy happening. (laughs) And and inevitably, it ends up improving the trot. It kind of spills over into the trot. Once you get out of the canter and you're back in the trot, you you see the trots more. And you see that lack of suppleness in the riders and particularly through their seat, their lower back, that area. Okay, that shows up. Yeah. Yeah. it's it's like it puts a big spotlight on it and that's where you get this terrible bounce happening okay so i want you to begin thinking about how you can actually improve your suppleness you know all the things hey so i'm going to leave it at that i'm not going to preach on it but that is the one thing the second thing that i find often happens is because the rider tends to want to hunker down and they want to sit trot and this is actually what we're talking about this month inside of connection but they want to sit into the trot and you you know uh, this is a real kind of a one of those challenges that it comes with the wording we use as riders to explain something sitting trot has nothing to do with sitting nothing like jack to do it sitting, okay? So I want you to rather begin reframing that in your head as riding the trot, not sitting the trot, okay? (laughs) When you hunker in, when you're like, I'm going to sit here and there shall be no daylight between my bum and that saddle. Again, that whole energy that's coming with you from the canter to the trot, going to work against you there and if you could rather think about riding the trot and allowing the trot well that's a whole different conversation that's going to happen okay the next thing i'm going to suggest you do is think about working on your responsiveness now responsiveness is i personally believe the rider's responsibility and any issues or challenges that are showing up with responsiveness they're on you okay and you are the one who can begin working on you in order to really and truly allow that to spill over to your horse okay so responsiveness is you and the reason i want to talk about responsiveness and you're thinking what has that got to do with the transition from canter to trot lorna oh a whole lot because if your horse is not listening to you okay and if he is not responding to you this is where riders feel that they have to maybe show up a little bit too heavy handed okay now when you begin to show up heavy handed it really and truly has a negative impact you know this it has a negative impact on the whole transition okay but you could begin working today in halt walk and trot on your responsiveness therefore building your horse's responsiveness and therefore helping improve when you ask the question when you're in the canter, you will improve the response that you're going to get from your horse okay so start with that now I mentioned they're becoming heavy-handed and you know the hauling we don't want to haul okay we never want to haul and very often I find that the contact can be another source of well confusion <laughs> for horses and riders when they're riding this transition from the canter down to the trot. The first way this shows up is that the rider is like, oh, I don't want to catch him in the mouth. And what do they do? Well, they just kind of fling the reins at him. There you go, buddy. I won't catch you in the mouth and it'll all be good. That is not how contact works. Contact is it's it's an agreement between you and your horse. It was the two of you coming together at some point and agreeing to kind of work together on something, okay? When you throw the contact at him, you are reneging on your half of that agreement. (laughs) You're saying, go it alone. And can I just point out as well that the transition from canter to trot is one of the places where your horse could really do it a little bit of support, okay, particularly at the when you're beginning and when you're starting out, okay, it's, it's, it's kind of like the equivalent of being on a really busy road in traffic, high traffic, and just like letting go of somebody's hand that you'd kind of, you know, you'd agree to hold hands and walk down this really busy road together. And then you just let go of their hands and you're like, you know, we'll actually, we'll go it alone. <laughs> okay. you're not really instilling a whole lot of confidence in the other person and you're not doing that in your horse if you're throwing the contact now the other side of that coin and you knew there was another side of that coin is when riders are using the contact as balance beams they're like okay i'm I'm just going to balance myself here i'm going to hold on to this now hold on tight and they're, they're balancing away that's also not going to work so i want you to be really really conscious of what you're doing with the contact and realizing that there is this moment through the transition or in the transition itself where you have to allow and you allow through your seat but your seat and your hands are really and truly connected and when you allow through the seat you allow through the contact as well and that's where you start to work on this smoothness okay once you've got all the other pieces I've just spoken about in place that's where you begin to work on the smoothness and where you allow the horse down into the next um, gate which in this case would be the trot okay so it's something you have to work on there is a fine balance there's a fine line and it's only through practicing this and again I'm going to suggest practicing it in halt, walk and trot and then from there building to the canter. Now the next part of the canter transition that often goes well a little bit for a ball is straightness and this is because in the canter itself it is really really common to see horses begin to curl around the rider's inside leg okay so you see kind of their back end and it curls around it kind of loses the straightness and of course the canter is one-sided to begin with so you get this curling effect and then when you ask for the transition if you have a curl going on and i say the inside leg sometimes the hind course can also curl to the outside okay but usually I, I see it more often happening around the inside leg and when you get the curl happening and you ask for this transition down to the trot It kind of buckles the energy. You don't get this lovely flow of energy. It becomes very buckled. And it means just that the trot becomes very disjointed. And you lose that natural rhythm that the horse should be able to really kind of can I say establish pretty early on in the trot okay and you lose that because you get this buckled effect so I'm going to suggest working on your straightness through again the transitions between halt walk and trot up and down there working on the straightness and that leads me to the very final thing I want to talk about today which is your position you cannot expect your horse to be wonderfully straight if you are crooked okay if you're an s hook up there Well, chances are your horse is going to be an S hook as well, okay? So you want things to be nice and straight through your body, nice and aligned through your body. And this is from a point of view of having equal amounts of your body on either side of the saddle, okay? But also then from alignment, the head, shoulder, hip, heel alignment don't tip forward it's very hard for your horse to do any sort of a good quality trot when you're perched on the withers and the same applies when you're lying on the back end okay you're going to get that hollowness which of course is going to affect everything else and that gives you even more of a bounce ironically enough okay so you want to make sure that you are nicely aligned and that if you think about it you want to put yourself in the best possible position to a Communicate with your horse what you're looking for, but B, then allow your horse to go and do it. Okay, really important. Right, I mentioned suppleness at the beginning of this. And if you have not yet um, begun working on that, I'm going to invite you to join me over at equestrianfitnesschallenge.com for the free challenge it's only 10 days anybody can do 10 days and it's not a whole lot of workout it's more focused on your mindset on just showing up as the best version of yourself in the saddle so pop over there join me for it and I'll see you in the challenge have a great one keep well and I really and truly do hope that during this time you are keeping well you are looking after yourself you know has, has it taken on a whole new meaning keep well are you keeping well is everything well Yes, it has. Um, but hopefully you and your loved ones are indeed keeping well, looking after yourself and, um, yeah, hopefully settling in to this new period that we find ourselves in as writers. Okay, keep well, not chatty soon. Be good. Bye. <music>